So as you begin changing what you do in English each day, you will begin to produce new results with what you learn in English. Over time, those system changes will cause your learning curve to start moving up again. It might not happen immediately, but change will happen if you are consistent. That's the power of routines. That's the power of habits. They create results. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. This is the podcast for motivated English learners who want to speak English fearlessly and learn practical tips and strategies to conquer the CELPIP exam. I also love to feature encouraging interviews with regular people, people just like you, who are working towards becoming fluent in English so we can learn from their experiences together. Who am I? My name is Aaron Nelson, and I've been an English teacher for over 16 years, and I now help students prepare for the CELPIP exam through online classes. If you're just joining us, hey, welcome. It's great to have you here. Since the beginning of February or so, we've been taking a look at something that everyone deals with at some point in their life and in their learning journey, especially if you are working to learn a new language. In our case, learning English. And that thing that everyone will experience at some point in their learning journey is a language learning plateau. If you're not sure what that is, a language learning plateau is when all forward learning progress you are making suddenly, or maybe slowly, begins to fall flat. And you go from an upward learning curve to a flat line, and no amount of hard work or pushing seems to help you get started upward again. You are stuck. Like I said before, it happens to everyone at some point in their language learning journey, and maybe it's happening to you right now. So now that we've identified what a language learning plateau is, let's talk about how you can break out of one if you are stuck right now. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show and come along with us as we figure out how to get unstuck with English. Together, my friend, we can do this. So today, we're going to be talking all about routines. We all have them. And most important of all, we all follow them. In fact, Routines and habits are what drives a great deal of our behaviors from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. Routines are everywhere. And let's get crystal clear about what a routine is. So according to the Oxford Dictionary, a routine is a sequence of actions that are regularly followed, a fixed program. I'm going to say that again. A routine is a sequence of actions that are regularly followed. 
It's a fixed program. Interestingly enough, again, according to the Oxford Dictionary, the word routine comes from both the French language and the English language. From the English side, it comes from the word root or a regular course or procedure. And from the French side, it comes from a word which means road. That should give us something to think about. A routine is like a road we follow on a regular basis. A routine is like a road we follow on a regular basis. Hmm. Okay, so what does this have to do with learning English and dealing with a stubborn learning plateau that we're stuck on? Well, if you're wondering that, then I'm glad you're here because our routines play a huge role in how we are making progress or not making progress with our English. A few months ago, I had the privilege of attending a leadership development conference through my workplace. One of my favorite presentations that I got to enjoy and listen to was by a writer and speaker named James Clear. He wrote a New York Times bestselling book called Atomic Habits. Maybe you've heard of him or the book, Atomic Habits. Ever hear of it? It was and is a bestseller. So you probably, if you like going to the bookstore, you've probably seen it around. I have. It's all over the place. So it's called Atomic Habits. And James's presentation was by far my favorite. It was a two-day event. We sat through a lot of really great presentations, but I really enjoyed James's presentation because it was so practical and downright challenging. His big idea is this. The best way to make changes in your life is to change your habits or routines. Change your routines and your life will also begin to change. Now, I'm really simplifying his message there, but that's the gist of it. If you just had like 10 seconds to hear what James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits, it all comes down to the habits that we follow produce our life. If you want to change what's going on in your life, start by changing the habits that you are following day in and day out. I'd like to share with you a great quote from an article on his website, which I will be linking to in my show notes today. And before I read it to you, you're going to hear me reading the word systems. And just quickly, a system is, again, according to the Oxford Dictionary, it's a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. It's a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. In other words, we're also talking about routines here. They kind of mean the same thing, okay? So when you hear me say the word systems, you can think of the word routine or you can think of the word habit, all right? They, they kind of mean the same. So here's the great quote from James Clear. He says, Achieving a goal only changes your life for the moment. 
That's the counterintuitive thing about improvement. We think we need to change our results, but the results are not the problem. What we really need to change are the systems that cause those results. When you solve problems at the results level, you only solve them temporarily. In order to improve for good, you need to solve problems at the systems level. Fix the inputs and the outputs will fix themselves. Wow, what a quote. And that quote really made me remember how I was feeling when I was watching his presentation that day. It just felt like one light bulb moment after another for me as I was just thinking about what he was sharing about how powerful our habits are. And he, he was sharing about how he tells one story, and I wasn't even thinking about sharing this with you, but it's quite interesting. He was sharing one story, and this is a true story of a guy that he interviewed who was way overweight, like unhealthily overweight. And for him, what he needed to start doing in order to change his life wasn't to set health healthy eating goals. It wasn't to set going to the gym and working out for hours and hours. No. The thing that he did to begin making a change in his life was to change his routine. So every day, his new routine was to go to the gym, get changed into his exercise outfit, get out onto the exercise floor, and start working out for just five minutes. When those five minutes were done, he'd go back, get changed into his regular clothes, and go home and do the rest of his day as per normal. Now, when I heard him sharing this, I sat back in my seat and I thought to myself, what good would that do? Going to the gym for five minutes is not going to change anything in your life. But then James said something that blew my mind. He said that the thing that this guy was working to do was change his systems. Before that, he wasn't the kind of guy who would go to the gym ever. Like his day-to-day -day activities had nothing to do with the gym. His day-to-day -day activities had a lot to do with his sofa it had a lot to do with driving in his car. It had a lot to do with inactivity. So he wasn't the kind of person who would go to the gym. His system was broken. And that's why he wasn't achieving the weight loss uh, goals or the weight loss results. That's the better word. He wasn't achieving the weight loss, loss results that he wanted in his life because he was following the wrong system. So in order for him to change the results that he was getting, he needed to change the inputs or the things that he was doing day in and day out that were producing this overweight result. And one of those things he determined was not being the kind of person who goes to the gym. So he decided to go to the gym every single day 
for five minutes at the beginning in order for him to become the person who goes to the gym every day. And you know what happened? You can guess it. You can guess it. Little by little, he did become that person who went to the gym every single day. And once he became that person that went to the gym every single day, which was a drastic difference from the guy who didn't get off his sofa or didn't, you know, walk to work or he, he only drove to work and all the other things that he did on his sofa day in and day out, going to the gym every day was a huge difference. And once that routine became a regular part of his life, the length of time that he stayed in the gym started to grow. And sure enough, it started to produce those weight loss results that he wanted. Isn't that fascinating? When I heard that story, my mind was blown. I was thinking to myself, that is such a great idea and such a simple thing that we can do in order to create results in our life. Change the habits that we follow each day. Change the routines we follow each day and you will change the results you get. So to quickly summarize that quote for you, and don't worry, that quote will be included in my show notes if you want to read it, as well as a link to the article on his website so you can follow or read the whole thing that James uh, shared in that quote. And you can find out more about him if you are curious. But just to summarize, this is what you can learn from that quote. Don't focus on changing your results. Instead, focus on changing the system or routine or habits you are following that are producing those results. Change the system means you'll change the results. I'm going to read that again. Don't focus on changing your results. Instead, focus on changing the system or routine or habits you are following that are producing those results. When you change the system, you change the results. Does that make sense? Now, let's connect this with breaking free from your language learning flatline. If you are feeling stuck with your English today, and again, please let me remind you that being stuck or feeling like you're not making progress, no matter how hard you work on it, it's terribly frustrating, but it's very normal. Everyone experiences it, experienced it, or will experience it. It's just part of the learning process. It does not mean that you are a bad English student or a poor English learner. It just means you're normal. You're normal. And one of the potential causes of your stuckness, I know that's not a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. One of the potential causes of you being stuck might be because of the language learning practice system or routine you've been following. Have you ever thought about that? What is the English learning system you are following to develop your fluency with the language? Can you map it out on a piece of paper? You should be able to if you take a moment and think about it. When I was an English teacher in Mexico, here's the typical English learning system I saw students following. 
Number one, they would have a big need for English in their workplace. That was like the cause or the thing that started off their need to start using an English learning system. They needed English in order to keep their job or to do their job well. So, number two, they'd sign up for an English class. And number three, their company would pay for those classes because it was part of their professional development. And they needed their employees to be able to use English effectively during their work hours. Those classes that the company would pay for were typically two times a week for one and a half hours each class. So about three hours of class time every week. So because my company's paying for it, I'm going to go to each of my classes. And number four, my English practice mostly comes through my classes and the times I need to use it for work. So the only time I'm practicing my English is when I'm going to my English class. That's my system. I need to learn English, so I go to my English class. I need to use English because I use it for my work. And so the only times really that I'm coming into contact with English is when I'm in my class and the, and the times that I need to use it for work. When I'm not at work, this is the fifth part. When I'm outside of work, I just live my life. I don't have to think about English. I try not to think about English. I'm just enjoying my free time away from work. I've talked about this system before, many times in previous episodes, but this system is broken. It's not working. It doesn't produce the results that students need. And here's another system that I've spoken about that happens to people living here in Canada, where it's an English-speaking country, where English is all around them. So here's how their system looks. I'm surrounded by English all the time. Number two, I don't know English very well and I miss home. So I focus more on finding and keeping friends from my home country. I do this, number three, because I can speak my first language with these friends. And when I'm speaking my first language with my friends, I feel happy and like I'm not so disconnected from home. What do you think the outcome is going to be of this system? What do you think? I hope you're thinking. If all you are doing is connecting with people from your home country, who speak your first language, where you, when you do get together with them, you're probably only speaking that first language. What do you think is going to be the outcome of those habits or that system or that routine? I'll tell you right now, nothing good for your English, my friend. I've told this story before so many times, but it's worth repeating. We have very good friends who have lived here in Canada for decades, more than 10 years. And their circle of friends are only people from their home country or only people who speak their first language and not English. So the thing is, they don't have to use English. Somehow they've built 
a life for themselves in an English-speaking country where they don't have to use English at all, or at least very rarely. Guess what has happened to their English level? It stayed the same. It hasn't grown. It hasn't developed. And they wonder why this is happening. You know, why, why is it that I'm living in an English-speaking country, but I'm still not fluent in English? The problem is what you're doing in English each day, or more importantly, it's what you're not doing with English each day. You are connecting with people who only speak your first language. The system, that system, is broken. So let's take a look at your English learning system for a minute. What is the route or routine that you follow each day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. I challenge you, take some time today and just think through all the different things that you do from the moment you, you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. Just jot them down. You don't have to write a book about it or anything. Just take a piece of paper or in your journal or in your agenda and just start writing in, in point form. You don't have to write in complete sentences if you don't want to, but write down what you do after waking up all the way through the day until you go to sleep again. Think about the things you do first. And then as soon as you do that, what's the next thing you do? And then after that, what do you do? Write it out and be honest with yourself. Once you're finished, take a look at what you see. This, what you're looking at, is your system. It's your routine. Now, as you look at your routine, where and how often are you seeing English practice happening in it? Again, be honest with yourself. The only person who's going to see this is you. Perhaps you'll notice that English is not really an active or regular part of your system. And if that's the case, congratulations, you now know why you're in a flatline situation where you're not learning as much as you wish you could be. And that learning curve is, is flat. It's not pointing up anymore. If that's the case for you, ask yourself, how can I begin bringing English into my system more? M making it a part of what I do each day, not an extra thing that you try to add on. That's really important. When you're looking at your system, I don't want you to try to find ways to add English on to what you're already doing. Instead, I want you to look at ways you can include English in the things that you do each day. Make English bleed into the things that run your life. Let me give you a quick example. As if you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you'll probably you've probably heard me talk about my back and the the injury that I had about three years ago. It, and I don't even know if you can call it an injury, but it just my back just stopped working. It hurt. It it hurt so much that I couldn't get up out of bed for weeks. In fact, I missed work for two months 
because I, I just couldn't do my day-to-day activities. And the only way that I was able to solve my back problem was going to physiotherapy. Now, what you might not know is that I've been doing physiotherapy for over, oh, I would say almost a year. I, I think it would be almost a year that I've been doing physio. But all of a sudden, about maybe a, a month and a half ago now, I went to go for my regular uh, physio session. And as I walked into the reception area, the very nice receptionist stopped me and said, hey, um, guess what? Something has changed with your insurance plan. Your insurance company after today is no longer going to be covering the kind of exercise and the kind of visit that it has been covering. So this benefit is no longer going to be for you. So if you want to continue taking physio and exercise with us, you're going to have to pay out of pocket. Ouch. That was a blow for me. I needed that exercise and I needed that kind of activity in my life to help me work on the pain in my back. But now that that my insurance company is no longer covering that that kind of exercise or that kind of a benefit, I lost that part of my routine. And that part of my routine was producing some great results. The level of pain I was experiencing in my back every day was going down. I was feeling stronger and healthier because I was lifting weights, I was doing special exercises and stretches, and I had a teacher with me or a trainer who was helping me do the things that I needed to do to make my back stronger. But now that that input was being erased, guess what happened in my life? Nothing. I didn't continue with the exercises, even though in my head I was thinking after I got over the initial shock of not having access to that activity anymore, I was thinking, well, maybe I can start doing the same kinds of activities at home. Maybe I can, you know, Netflix or Apple TV, I think they have exercise channels. Maybe I can, you know, follow along with a routine there. I hate to tell you this, but I I didn't do it. I couldn't, not that I couldn't because I could, but I didn't make it a part of my everyday life. I just stopped. I stopped. I don't have any other explanation for it. I just couldn't find a way to make time in my life for this activity anymore. And guess what happened as a result? Yep, my back. My back started to hurt more and more each day and I was feeling stiff and it was just feeling like I was losing all the progress that I had achieved over the last you know year or so that I was taking physio and I was really frustrated about that but the problem was that my system was broken my system was the system I was following was day-to-day activity that did not include any kind of exercise. I was driving to work. I was, you know, I had limited exercise and like walking around the floors where I work, but that's not really 
great exercise. It's very small amounts of movement. In short, I wasn't getting near enough movement that I needed in order to have an impact on my back. So the system that I was following didn't have exercise as a part of it. And get the result that was being produced by that was a painful back. I was spending more time lying in bed when I got back home with ice on my back. And I just wasn't liking that result. And I knew that something was missing. I knew that that activity, that exercise piece was missing. So I started to think about my system. I remembered that presentation that I sat through with James Clear. And I remember my mind being blown by just how powerful our systems are. And I thought to myself, okay, I don't like the results that I'm getting. If I keep doing what I'm doing, those results are not going to change. I'm just going to keep getting the same results. That makes sense, doesn't it? So I decided that I was going to start changing the way I run my system. So instead of driving to work each day, I started to walk. I started to walk to work. I don't live very far away. It takes me about 25 minutes to go from my house to my workplace walking. So I started to do that. And last week was the first week that I implemented this change in my system. And guess what happened? The first few days, well, first of all, the first time I did it, I felt great. When I got to work, I was on a high. You know, I felt excited. I felt like, yes, I'm, I'm back. I'm back doing the things that I need to be doing to change the results that I've been getting. I felt really good during the day. But as the days went on with me walking, this was not an activity I was used to. So I started to feel sore. My ankles were sore. My legs were sore. Because when I was walking, I was trying to walk quickly. And my walk has me going up and down hills. So I was exercising myself in ways that I hadn't exercised before. So my body was letting me know about it, you know. And the temptation was, stop doing this. This hurts. Just like the pain that would happen after my physiotherapy visits. I would be in pain for the day after or the even sometimes two days after my physio exercises. But I knew that 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 pain was a good kind of pain because it was the kind of pain that you get after working out, you know, and, and exercising different parts of your body. And, and that, that discomfort didn't last for long, but the, 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 the results that I was getting less pain, less discomfort in my back told me that I was doing the right thing. And I knew that the same thing was going to be true about my walking. That the more I walked, the more I practiced this new activity in my everyday system, the less it would be impacting me on in a pain or discomfort level. And the more it would start producing the results that I was looking for for my back. So that's just like a short little example of how I needed to include a new activity into my life, not not like add an additional thing. I just changed the way I, get, I went to work each day. Instead of driving, I've decided to walk. So 
what if you look at your system and you notice that English is a regular part of your system? So that previous example was kind of speaking to that idea of what if you look at your system and you discover that English is not a regular enough part of your life? Then you need to find a way to include it in something that you do on a regular basis as a part of your life. And that example that I gave, in case it wasn't clear, that example that I gave was an example of including something in my everyday routine. And I was focusing on my routine or the system that I use to get to work every day. Instead of using my car, I've decided to switch that out and change it to walking. So now I walk to work and I walk back home again. I've changed part of my system. So that's something that you can do too. So the second question is, what if you look at your system, you've done that, that look at your life and you've written down all the things that you do from the, the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and you realize, hey, you know what? I am including English and English practice as a regular part of what I do every day. It's a part of my system. But I'm still experiencing that learning plateau. What's going on? Well, that is totally possible. You are experiencing it, right? You can have lots of contact with and practice of English in your system, in your habits, in your routine, but you can still be facing a flat-lined learning curve. Here's something that you can do. Here's something to think about. It's time to change the kinds of things you are doing in English inside of your routine. If what you are doing is not getting you the results you want to see, continuing to do the same things won't magically create results that you're looking for. Here are three simple ways that you could consider changing the way you use English each day. See if one of them or all of them could apply to you. Number one, engage more with native English speakers. Engage more with native English speakers. Now, I bet, I bet that this ingredient is lacking in your system. I bet it's not there enough. Maybe it is, but I'm betting that it's not. But I've got some great news for you. If it's not there, you and only you can do something about it. You're the one who can add more encounters, more conversations, more visits, more coffee times, more going to the movies with, more eating out with native English speakers. Only you can add that. Only you can bring that in. It's something that's in your control. So that's one suggestion I have for you. Make, create more spaces, more contact time with native English speakers. Number two, change your English inputs. What kinds, for example, of TV shows or movies do you like to watch in English? Try changing what you watch to a new genre. Like if you're used to or you enjoy watching comedies, 
If that's your favorite thing to watch, try switching over to dramas or try switching over to thriller or action. You'll get immediate access to new words, to new phrases, and new ideas in English. And you might just discover a new favorite TV show, too. And that's a good thing, right? A new way to to enjoy your free time. And finally, number three. What if you joined a club or an interest group or like a hobby group? You know, I've shared about this before, but in the place where I work, I run a weekly writer's group. And in that group, the people who come, their their commitment or the thing that they do every week is that they commit to write something. And in the group, they share what they've written. And that group is all in English. I wonder if there are groups like that around you. Maybe there's a book club Maybe there's a chess club. Maybe there's, um, I don't know, a walking club or a cycling club or a hiking club. You know, there's lots of different groups around that you could get involved in. And there's lots of different groups around that would be centered around an interest that is interesting to you. And if you get involved in a group like that, You're going to be able to fulfill that first suggestion I gave you. You'll be able to find other native English speakers that you can start connecting with. Or maybe you'll just find other people who are also learning English and who are wanting people to practice with. The thing is, find new groups of people to hang out with. Find a club or an interest group that is of interest to you and start connecting with it. You will have fun. You will probably learn new things. You'll meet new people. And best of all, you'll have the opportunity on a regular basis to begin practicing your English. So those three things again. Number one, engage more with native English speakers. Number two, change your English inputs. What things are you listening to or watching on a regular basis? Can you change the kinds of things? Can you change the kind of music that you listen to in English? Can you change the kind of TV show or movie that you enjoy watching? When you do those things, you'll expose yourself to new kinds or new ways of using English, which will give you fresh inputs to work with. And finally, number three, look for groups or clubs that interest you and join them. You will meet new people. You'll have many new opportunities to practice your English and you'll have fun. So as you begin changing what you do in English each day, you will begin to produce new results with what you learn in English. Over time, those system changes will cause your learning curve to start moving up again. It might not happen immediately, But change will happen if you are consistent. That's the power of routines. That's the power of habits. They create results. And if you want those results to change, you need to change your routines. So give this a try and see what happens.
And I've got a special gift for you. If you found today's episode to be helpful, and I sure hope you have, I want to invite you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. During the month of February, if you subscribe, if you are a listener and you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? You need to subscribe, my friend. And if you do, and by the way, it's totally free to do this, but if you do subscribe, I will send you my language snapshot tool that will give you a a way to get a clear picture of how you are using English each day or not. To grab yours, just go to selpipsuccess.com forward slash subscribe. That's selpipsuccess.com forward slash subscribe. And after you put in your information there, you will get an email automatically with this resource that I've been telling you about that will help you get a snapshot or a picture of how English is a part of your everyday life or not. And it will help you to determine or see different spaces in your life where you can begin including English, where maybe you are not already. So that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening along with me. Please join me next week as we're going to be talking about the importance of the kinds of English that you are connecting with. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.